And we're live. Welcome back for Filmsakers. How you doing? This is episode nine of the For Filmsake podcast. I'm here with Chris. Yes, yes. We're back. What is up? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm excited today because um, we got a bit of a uh, we got some special guests today. We got Connor and Devin. Yep. Uh, from they're from Wilmington, and they're producing their own independent film called mm-hmm. One Summer Night. All right. And they agreed to talk to us about like what it's like producing a movie, and we're just gonna have a chat with them mm-hmm. about the movie production process. I don't know if they know what they got themselves into. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them a link, mm-hmm. so hopefully they heard us. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I'm excited for that. I think it's going to go pretty cool. I, I yeah. think it's fascinating. It's going to be fun to hear from people like God. What, what was damn that? Damn it! What is that? The second time, <laughs> and it's and it's fucking Connor sending me a thumbs up. <laughs> Connor, we'll be right with you, buddy. You're already fucking up, Connor. <laughs> already. And <laughs> um, so we're gonna have those in, uh, but before that, uh, we figured me and Chris would do a little bit of our own catch up, just because yeah. we've had. Mm-hmm. I think two pretty busy fucking weeks. I mean, yeah, every week has been yeah, every, busy in the past like few months. I mean, especially now that we're like in the finals. We just finished school, essentially, and we have a week off before we we do shit again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, what's up? Um, the uh, We had a moment last week um, where me and you were talking about the, the math. Yeah. I was, um, I'm in a math class right now, and I suck at math. I'm terrible <laughs> at math. I understand it, and I'm fine with it, you know? And the thing was, is um, going to the end of the quarter, I didn't want to have to repeat this class over again. Me and Brian, we had a talk, you know, just about stress and how you deal with it. Everybody deals with stress differently. And with me, I kind of just, if stress is the angry tiger that's in front of my goal, then I like to stare down the tiger and see how ferocious this enemy is <laughs> and just sit with it. You know, and then eventually, and then eventually I'll come to terms with it. So that's what I would do with the math. You know, so I buckle down. So for the past three, four days, I decided, you know what? I'm going to study my ass off. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to go to other people that I know that are good at this subject. I'm going to go to them. And I'm going to go to the teacher herself. And we're going to have one-on-one. And we just did a one-on-one for like three or four hours. Nice. She was like, she was like very good. So you know what? I went and I took that test again. Took the test today. Took me an hour and a half to take that God test. Damn. Yes, ma'am. And how how did the test go? Oh, I failed. Oh, I still still failed. I still failed. I'm not good at math. That's not the point of the story, though. The point of the story was the resilience and the perseverance. Now, because I tried and worked so hard, the teacher noticed that, too. So after I went through there and I got a 62 on that test, she was like, you know what? How about we find you some extra extra credit, you know, some other things, your participation grade, and we'll give you a C. You can get up out of here. Perseverance. It's fucking great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's good. That just goes to show that, like... Because we're both really fucking stubborn, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. We're stubborn people. Yes. So, and people say that stubbornness isn't good. Mm-hmm. And to those people, I go like, well, fuck you. You've never been in a situation where stubbornness has helped you. It's needed, yeah. This is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because people care that you give a shit. Yeah. And so when you give a shit, people just go like, all right, well, at least he fucking cared. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So this, <laughs> the whole story has nothing to do with math. Yeah. This is just in life in general. It's just when you, when you care, people notice that you care. Yeah. And, you know, they'll help you out. That's, you know. that's fucking great. You know. And after we had that same talk about stress management yeah. and doing fucking crazy, mm-hmm. and I gave you, I don't, I don't know if I would call it advice. I just kind of gave we you like my point of view. Yeah, yeah. we had a talk. Mm-hmm. And then I started um, thinking about what I said. Mm-hmm. Then I realized I'm not any better at handling stress we all than have, any of you. Like, I'm have. the same fucking way. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that there comes a point when I'm angry mm-hmm. that I'm so angry that I stop being angry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the only difference between you and me, really. 
And people think that that's like some sort of like sin, calm mm. bullshit. No, I'm fuming inside. I just can't oh. show it. Otherwise, I'm going to like fucking punch a dude in the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's fascinating how people deal with deal with stress yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, like, as you see me, it's like I, I became like a shell of myself. It just the scared bunny just just get shrinking smaller and smaller and smaller you know and then until i get to a point to where i can't get any smaller yeah. you know and then i explode it's just full all energy into this shit and that's what it was so pass that's, it and done that's usually that's usually the, the best way to do when you go balls out in mm. something yeah and you don't really care about yeah. how you're doing it just the fact that you're doing it yeah i feel like those are the moments when like the best shit happens I think so too. and and i agree with that um stress All right, so I, I went through the the worst thing that can happen to an editor. An editor, okay. Um, I finished half of my edit. Mm -hmm. I had every cut that I wanted, mm -hmm. and I had a, a music selected. Yep. And then, but we're at school, so and my I have an editing desktop. I don't have a laptop. Yeah. Which means that I can't take all my settings and files with me. Okay. So I saved the Adobe project and I saved everything in one folder mm -hmm. so that the Adobe project could function when I was at school. That's the one folder, all right? Yeah, it's one folder. Everything's fucking there. <laughs> Daniel Cobble would kill you right now. Uh, one folder? Yeah. What do you mean? Three. Three folders? Well, three, three separate locations. Oh, three, yeah. No, no, three separate locations. Okay. I had everything. Oh, 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 I, I, had a, I had a copy on my computer Yeah. and I had a copy on my hard drive. Okay, okay. So I was fine. Okay. Um, shout out to you, Kawa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but so in order to like move everything, mm. I need to put everything in one folder on my hard drive so that any other computer can open it. Yeah. On Premiere. Yep. And and I forgot that the Premiere at school works on an older version. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the version that, that I have. have. Yeah. On my computer. So what does that mean? It means that everything that I carefully fucking packed in my hard drive to use mm -hmm. didn't fucking work it was worthless, on yeah. my Adobe Premiere. And I was going to use the three hours and a half that I had mm -hmm. between my first class and my second class to finish my edit, and it would have been enough time. Yeah. And then it didn't work. So <laughs> the project had, didn't fucking open. You had three and a half hours to start from scratch? From pretty much about 25% done Yiza. to 100% done. And that was a fucking nightmare. I, I hated it. myself the whole time I was doing it. I believe it. So, editors, if you're out there, don't fucking just, uh, just <laughs> yeah. be careful, man. Just know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And, like, I even tried. I even said, like, this might not work. Let's go for backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm. And I did a whole trick with saving into, like, a Final Cut project yeah. so that Adobe would fucking import all my sequences and I just have it. And even that didn't fucking work. Yeah. So, I, I got fucked and I was editing for four hours instead of two. Okay. And I hated myself the whole time. Well, you know what and happens, I guess. Yeah. So, what have you been watching? Oh, uh, I'm, so I'm I'm watching the same things. I'm watching uh, OJ uh, versus the the, pe the people versus OJ. How's that going? That's still I consider the best show on TV for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Cinematography is amazing. I mean, it's it's really really good. Um, also, still watching Broad City. <laughs> I I heard uh, Mark Maron's episode with uh, oh, yeah. the two ladies. I yeah. forgot the names. Abby and uh, Eliana Glazer. Yeah, right. Like three weeks ago. Yeah, they're really fucking funny. I love oh, yeah. them. Yeah. So I, I'm probably gonna watch your show now it's good yeah mm -hmm. uh anything else uh that's all i'm watching i mean some things happen there's a guy named uh fife dog from a tribe called quest it's one of the premier hip-hop groups in america ever mm -hmm. and it, it surprised me like somebody I'm, i'm sure you don't you never heard the name fife dog before no i have no it, idea what you're talking about yeah yeah or a tribe called quest you know but it, it um it surprised me when i turned on the news and then the scene like 
60-year-old white guys quoting Fife Dog, you know, on regular TV. And I was like, wow, that's how far we've come. Like, the <laughs> eight-year-old version, eight version of me was going around listening to these songs, and it wasn't a part of culture. Hip-hop wasn't a part of mainstream culture. Yeah. And now, as a 31-year-old, it is. And it's just amazing to see. I mean, I love it. Isn't it fascinating when... Because right now, we're in a stage where content and, and movies and music and mm -hmm. television mm -hmm. is not being done by the mainstream majority. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of the content is done by the minorities yeah. that we find. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're slipping into the mainstream lexicon yeah. really easily. Mm -hmm. Because when minorities outrule the majority, we're no longer minorities. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that race and... and, and movies and tv mm -hmm. is particularly interesting it as is. of late it is um because there's a lot of cool shit happening and mm -hmm. when i mean when i say race i mean um you know actual race ethnicity mm -hmm. backgrounds yeah. uh, gender even gender i'm, I'm tacking on in there mm -hmm. um we got we w there's cool shit happening there's yeah. cool shit fucking happening yep. and i'm glad that we're alive to see it because even though i don't realize it often we're part of that sort of minority making content yep. movement yeah because i'm hispanic mm -hmm. and you're black yep. <laughs> And I never think about it, mm -hmm. but the other day I was watching a Mark Maron episode when he deals with racism mm -hmm. and content, that he doesn't have enough black guests on his podcast. Yeah. And I was like, wait, shit, I'm brown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm working to do this thing. I'm part of this movement. I'm part of this thing. Uh, bonus points, if you can name the black guests on the show. Uh, it was Bruce Bruce. Bruce Bruce. Yeah. Bruce. Oh, yeah. I remember that shit. All right. <laughs> Yo, no, no. I, I didn't knew he existed before the show. Okay, but still. Hey, um, it's a step. So and, anyway, that, that episode got me thinking. And as a result of that episode, I probably, I'm probably going to start doing research to talk about race and, and content nice. for another episode. All right. Um, I watch a lot of cool shit, actually. Wait, let's hear it. Uh, I watched uh, last Sunday, I was working for my final, and I took a break, and I watched a movie called Boy Meets Girl. Uh, it's on Netflix. And it's about, I thought it was a boy meets world thing. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's, a, it's actually about a transgender woman mm -hmm. that um, starts falling in love with both a lady, like a Southern Belle, mm -hmm. and her best friend, who is a dude. Yeah. And they're in, a, they're in Kentucky, and it's a small town, and they have to do what's all the discrimination on that, and like what it's like to be a trans woman mm -hmm. in a relationship with a woman, and then a trans woman in a relationship with a dude, and all that shit. Yeah. And it, had a, it, it was a really good, sad, and funny movie. Okay. And I cried. Nice. <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> nice. It was one of those movies that made me go like, oh, fuck, we're idiots. Why are we so shitty to each other? And judgmental, yeah. Yeah. And so that was a really good movie. I strongly recommend it. Boy Meets Girl. Mm. Do it. Um, I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane. How was that? It was fucking phenomenal. All right. But here's the thing. It was fantastic in the way that a director would appreciate it. Mm. You know, like, I, I'm not sure if it's a movie for everybody. Okay. But if you're watching it from a directorial perspective, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, John Goodman is fucking terrifying Great. in that movie. Great. I mean, the guy has got range. He's yes, a he masterpiece. Does. He definitely does. And I loved him in this movie. He was arguably the best part of the movie okay. with the main actress. They had really good chemistry together. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well. And like the first hour and a half of the movie, yeah. I'd say, are the best part. Mm. The last 20 minutes, could I could have done without. Okay. But even so... I mean, it's shot very intimately. It's shot very 
sort of close up. Mm. You the way that it's shot and the way that the audio is done, you feel like you're trapped in the bunker with these people. Nice. And that increases the amount of tension that you have as a viewer. Mm-hmm. And when shit goes down, shit goes down. Yeah, you feel and like you're right there with them as it's happening. Exactly okay. right there with them. Yeah. And I thought it was a great example of like suspense and film. Okay. Now I could have done without the last twenty minutes. But it didn't ruin the movie for me. Mm. I just thought they were a little bit too tacked on. Okay. And I know why they were there. They yeah. were there to put the Cloverfield name on the movie. Okay. Um, because it, it wasn't a Cloverfield movie when it first started out. Mm. So they were there to tack on the Cloverfield name on the movie. Mm. Um, but I could have done without them. All right. But other than that, fantastic movie. John Goodman. I forget the actress, but she did a fucking great job. Did you have time to see Daredevil yet? Uh, I watched three episodes. It's like I'm, I'm still yeah. I'm staying away from talking about it yet, just because I mean I know everybody binge watches everything, yeah. so they might have seen it already. But I still want to wait another week and then I'll get into it. But lots of action in that thing. Uh, yeah, the Punisher. The way they introduced the Punisher was really good. Yeah, uh, did th- you, did this you, might be uh, Connor. Give me a second. All right. Hello. Hey, what's up, Devin? We're doing a quick little He's intro and then we're gonna get right Devin on with you guys on the cell phone right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're doing a quick little intro and then we're getting on to you guys. It seems as if they're getting a little yeah, impatient. Sure. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That was, uh, that was her guest. Just mm. checking in to make sure everything was okay. She was like, hurry the fuck up. Yeah, like, pretty what? much. <laughs> she was like, all right, well, just send me a text when you're ready. Yeah. We'll be right with you. I'm, I'm interested to talk to them now. Uh, yeah, they're pretty cool people. Yeah. Um, but apart from 10 Cloverfield Lane, mm. I watched three episodes of Daredevil. The way they introduced the Punisher was really good. If you, you... The fucking Walking Dead. The, walk, the, the reason why I'm even bringing up Walking Dead yeah. is because the guy from uh, the first couple of seasons named Shane. Shane, he's a Punisher. He's the Punisher. And I didn't like him in The Walking Dead, and I thought oh. he was a shit actor because mm. of The Walking Dead. Mm. And then I see him in Daredevil, and he's not a shit actor. He is nope. not a shit character in The Walking Dead. I, I liked his character yeah. in The Walking Dead. He was one of my favorite characters. And yeah. the reason why I got characters like this and my girlfriend despises it, I like to put characters in a box. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like them to be real people. You know, it's like, like Carol on The Walking Dead, she was one way all yeah. the time. So I could keep her in my box. So any scenario that I wanted to run against her, I knew what she would do in that scenario, you yeah. know. But um, but Shane, he is that one in one uh, one level, straightforward, in the box. You know exactly what you're going to get. And as the Punisher, that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, yeah, he really is. Yeah. I, I, he's, a, he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I didn't like him in The Walking Dead. Simply, mm. I just didn't like The Walking Dead, okay. to be honest. Right. Um, but Shane, as a character, was cool, mm. but uh, I wasn't feeling him. But in The Punisher, I can really tell that this guy is pretty good at what he does. Yeah. And he's good at being one thing. Mm. And that one thing, in this, in Daredevil, is being fucking angry at something. Yeah. And yeah. so it's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's all I watched. Let's bring them in. I got questions yeah, for yeah. them. Let's br- yeah, let's bring them in. Uh, we're going to do the little fucking musical thingy that you guys are used to. And then we're going to be with uh, Devin and Connor from Wilmington and talk about their movie. So One summer's night. One summer night. Let's do it. And we are back for Film Takers. Uh, we are here with uh, Connor and Devin from Wilmington, North Carolina. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. What's up? Okay. So um, we've talked about you in the past. We mentioned that you guys are doing um, your own independent production and wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, the process of getting funding and getting people to work on your movie and as an independent filmmaker, the struggles that you have to go through. Um, So that's kind of what we're going to talk to you guys about today. And we're going to be asking you questions to help you kind of lead into that. But before that, uh, we want to have just a normal conversation with you guys. So what's up? What have you guys been up to? 
Um, I had work today. I work at a frozen yogurt place, Fuzzy Peach, right. if you've been there. So that was fun. Had to get up at 11. <laughs> but if I, yeah. If I was I'm to go there. to that yogurt spot, what, what yogurt would you recommend? Well, we just recently put in cotton candy. So I'd probably recommend that because it looks really good. Cotton nice. candy, frozen yogurt. Doesn't sound That's good. a fucking. At, at what point in our lives that we see cotton candy? And we think we I want that in other yeah. in my other shit. <laughs> I'm surprised at the flavors we have. We change them out pretty consistently. I I just want to mention this because I think it's hilarious. There's frozen yogurt places that sell frozen yogurt for your dog. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. <laughs> they do chicken frozen yogurt mm-hmm. and peanut butter frozen yogurt. Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like we used to give, we just used to give dogs bones, man. Oh no, dogs are important now. now yeah, now those pets are getting <laughs> like fucking important. frozen yogurt. They're getting peanut butter. Yeah, it's like goddamn. I want to be a fucking dog. That'd be nice. Yeah, they're Instagram famous. What the fuck is up with dogs being Instagram famous now? Why yeah, not? people are making <laughs> Instagrams for their dogs now. It's an actual thing that's happening. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's weird. I, I think we're in a weird spot in our society. I mean, I have a stuffed animal named Cowie who has his own Facebook page. <laughs> and he's an inanimate object. Sounds <laughs> like a fictional character in a cartoon. Cowie. Yeah. No, uh, but um but for me to get to know you guys, this is my first time meeting you guys. Uh what do you what do you watch on television? What do I watch? Okay, so at school I actually don't get to like have a lot of time to watch stuff. Mm-hmm. So like what I I we'll guess you so I I only have time to watch with like sitcoms and stuff. So the only stuff I'm like really up to date are with um, Fresh Off the Boat and New Girl. But uh, Fresh New Girl, the... yeah, Who's I know. that girl. <laughs> it's just hell yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I didn't know what you is watched this? New Girl. Hey girl, you don't do that. <laughs> no, but like honestly, the guys are really funny in that show too, man. It's not just like for girls. I wouldn't say. No. no, I know it's it's totally not a chick flit sitcom. It's just I've never I didn't even know you. Zoe Deschanel was it That's Jake true. Johnson, uh, Dwayne? Yeah. Uh, shit, yeah, it's, it's it's a great cast. So. It, it it is a great show. I watched the first season. And it's a really great fucking theme funny. song. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's, uh, what's fresh off the boat? It's a uh, it's a show. Did you ever see the interview? Yeah. The the guy who plays uh, played Kim Jong Un. He actually plays oh, the dad in the show. And he has, like, these three kids. It's based off this book uh, written by Eddie Wong about this Chinese family who lived in Washington, D.C., who migrated down to um, Orlando, Florida. And they're, like, the only Asian family in Orlando, Florida. So it's about them in, like, 1994 trying to, I guess, like, be part of this community. And it's actually really funny. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it looked like a pretty weird sitcom the first trailers that came out but it actually mm-hmm. looked pretty interesting Obviously um, that, yeah. just because we all we all see the hispanic family going into like united states or we see the fucking asian family yeah yeah, I, yeah. I think it's great <laughs> what uh, what about you Devin? what are you watching whoa oh whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, okay 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 <laughs> you started something uh i don't watch the walking dead yes. what the fuck is why do please. you guys like the fucking show yeah please, hold on please, dead? please help me publicly no, shame I, this guy i don't like the walking dead why I, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's just a soap opera with zombies. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's like melodramatic for sure, but I think that it's very good content. Who, who are you guys' favorite characters? Oh, man. I'm still pro-Rick. I know a lot of people aren't pro-Rick, but... Okay. I love Rick was Glenn. pretty much the only one I liked. Who, what was that, Devin? Glenn. Glenn, okay. All right, Glenn's Didn't cool. Glenn fucking bite the dust in a couple episodes ago? No, they no, fucked with they us and pretended he that. was dead. 
<laughs> okay, so he's back. Yeah. Daryl's awesome okay. too. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah. As someone that doesn't watch the show, if I were to pick a favorite character, it would have to be Rick, Daryl, and Carl because he's a pirate now. So okay. So uh, what else do you guys watch? What do you watch, Devin? Let's yeah. Let's um, let Devin talk. I mean, you're oh, you're, you're okay. hogging up all the time, Connor. What the <laughs> <laughs> um, I watch a lot of things on Netflix, and more recently, I've kind of been rewatching uh, Freaks and Geeks, um, uh, Undeclared. And right now I'm watching Cuckoo, which gets kind of a bad rep from some people. I kind of like that it personally. That show's good. Yeah, I think it's great. Adam Sandberg. Yeah, and then apparently Taylor Lautner is going to be in the second season. Because I was sitting there thinking, why is Taylor Lautner in the screenshot? Like my fucking front on- cover of Netflix. Yeah. yeah, I saw him too. It threw me off because I expected to see Taylor Lautner. And then you see Andy Sandberg and realize he was just on for one season. But it's a good show. I think it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I like so, it a lot. So it's comedy. Yeah. What's the premise of the show? Um, it's about this family, and I guess, I want to say they're in England, and their daughter comes home, and she's been backpacking Lord knows where, I can't remember where she was, and she meets Cuckoo, who's this guy who is in a tribe, I guess, and he comes back with her, and they come back, and they're married, so basically her family has to adjust to Cuckoo living in their home. (laughs) It's pretty great. And, and that not, and sounds not to, like a fucking Adam Sandler. Not, not to mention, uh, his character doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to work. He is like, there, there are two kind of people in the world. You know, one kind of person, you know, they're, they're the smart person, the thinkers. You yeah. know, then you have the doers, the ones that get up in the morning and go to work. You're that kind of person. You're a doer. I'm a thinker. You know, so he just oh puts himself in a position to where he never has to really do anything. Yeah, he but doesn't live want to pay bills. He's a bum. Yeah. That's the most interesting premise I've heard for any comedy in such a long time. That's good. They have it's to adjust to like a fucking tribe member living in their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking great. All right, so uh, so uh, let's let's get into so one summer one summer night. It's, uh what genre is that? It's a romantic drama. I would say that's like what we're categorizing as a romantic drama. Yes. yes. All right. It's pretty interesting. Uh, okay. It's so, not like a Nicholas Sparks movie, but it's also not like Goodfellas. You know. Ah. Uh. <laughs> All right. That's that's a fucking spectrum if I've ever seen one. Definitely so. Good fellas are fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Sparks. Uh, so uh, give us the pitch. What's uh, what's the premise of your of your movie? Okay, so it's about this guy who he's about to go off to college, but he doesn't want to go off to college because he's afraid of his whole world changing. I guess it's like anybody who is afraid of change can relate to it. But so he's driving around, like giving one last drive around his town. And he runs into a girl from his past who he used to be with. And that brings up old feelings of the past and all this other stuff. So he ends up spending the night with her talking about all the, uh, like about things that have happened in the past four years and Mm -hmm. kind of just about change and how they've changed as people. Interesting. Um, So there's a movie really about like identity and the fears of like, having to grow up and all those kind of sentiments that happened when we went off to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Quick question. How old are you guys? Uh, We around the same age? 20, about to be 21 in July. I'm I'm 21. (laughs) Okay. So we're about the same age. We recently went through this. Okay. Um, But how about you went through this like 10 years ago? I've gone through this three times. Three times? (laughs) (laughs) No real times, yeah. So it it, it looks like a pretty pretty relatable film. I mean, it happens to every one of us. Every Mm -hmm. one of us questions our our sort of identity Mm -hmm. when it comes down to this stuff. Um, But 
Um, what did you what did, what made you guys want to write the story? What made you guys want to tell the story of this one college guy that's lonely? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it came from this idea. I was once driving past this place that I used to hang around a lot. And it, mm-hmm. it was, I was a junior in high school at the time. And I started thinking about what if these two people who were once together met four years later, they went in two opposite directions. Once they entered high school, if they got back together one time for one night, what would they talk about and how would that go? And at that same time, I was having fears of going off to college because I was going to the college I went to ended up being a college that nobody I didn't know anybody who was going to be here so it was about like making new friends kind of finding my place at the school so I was had a lot of fears about that and that's where those feelings came from and they went into that script so it's a very personal uh movie I'd say for me all right interesting yeah and how uh, so you've been how long have you been thinking about this does it been thinking since that happens is that they knew in your high or it's just like a sudden, uh, like a sudden idea that you've had, that you use that experience to back off on. Like, how long has this movie been in you, and now you're just starting to get it out? Um, I started thinking about it. It was the it was a few months before the end of my junior year of high school, and I started writing it the summer before my senior year. So that's when I started okay. writing it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, just to just to mention, because I, I think we when we went this over our head. You guys are in film school, right? You guys are also in film. Yep. Yeah. In Wilmington. Okay, mm. cool. So as a filmmaker, mm. um, when did you feel when did you feel that you were ready to start producing this movie? Um, so I actually wanted to do this uh, funny story. I wanted to do this when the summer I graduated high school because I was feeling out, oh, it's gonna be so authentic if I do it now, because I'm feeling these things right now. But it all it fell through and I didn't even have a full script, so it would have been awful. But um, it was more about... I, th- I think we all go through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was more about... Like, going. Now I know that, like, it was more one of those things where I knew I knew how to tell the story, so I felt comfortable mm. doing it now because I know the story well enough and I know how the characters feel and I really know how to put this on screen. So, mm. like, I don't know if it was more about, like, I know everything in film school because I'm definitely not that way. There's so many things that I haven't learned that I want to learn. It was more about me knowing how to tell this story and feeling ready to do that. Do you have like a set of um, of romantic dramas that you're you're a fan of? Um, the biggest inspiration was Richard uh, Richard Linklater's The Before Trilogy. Mm. The guy who directed Days and Confused and Boyhood. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. wait, Days and Confused was the one with uh, Affleck. Yes, and McAhenry, right? Okay, cool. Fucking great movie. I didn't know he Hell did yeah. romantic dramas. Nice. Uh, interesting. Um, so, screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Start, we we're, we've we've taken a writing class. Yes. Recently, and we're and we're now learning sort of the, the process of screenwriting and writing compelling characters. And you mentioned authenticity, Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're directing this movie, right? Yep. You're the director, writer, and producer. Okay. Yeah, and I'm acting in I'm it. I'm the. And you're acting I'm in it too. One of the leads. Yeah. Um. So, Devin, what do you do in the movie? Um, I actually recently hopped on over spring break when we first launched the Kickstarter campaign because mm. I wanted to start help raising money. And then when I started doing that, I was so far in that Connor just put me on as a co-producer. So I'm mm, basically okay. in charge of helping with the Kickstarter campaign. And then once the campaign's over, I'm going to help with distributing perks to people who pledged. Nice. Okay, cool. 
yeah. So uh, you guys look like you you know what you're doing. <laughs> we talked to we talked to a lot of like uh, like amateur. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk. Uh, what's that experience of like having an idea and then sort of forming the idea and then writing it, uh, breaking it down? What's the idea of like directing and producing and writing your own story? What was what's that like for you? Oh wow, <laughs> that's a that's an enormous question. Um, Uh, I'm trying to think of where to start. So there, one of these questions did appear on the podcast. And what I said was I felt like um, it's all about balance. Like it's hard to have the hardest thing about doing all these things at the same time is like finding a balance between all of them. And like, for example, there were there were some producing stuff that I was doing that all the other producers didn't want me to be doing at that time because they know that I should be focusing more on the directing and the acting currently. Cool. So it's like, that? it's all about finding the balance because you don't want to be doing one of them too much. But I guess that's more of the producing part because I have four other producers perfectly capable to do the job. Okay. It's just me finding the strength to take to take a step back and just focus on the acting and the directing part of it. Yeah, it, it's hard to trust Does that make sense? To... Did I answer your question? Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. I'm going to keep asking you things because <laughs> right. that's the way interviews work. I'd like to know if if I uh, contributed to the Kickstarter, would I be able to get back some of that cotton candy yogurt? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like I mess with something. What? Are you guys cool? They can't hear. Can you guys hear us? Oh, I think we got technical issues. Shit. Uh, give me a second. This is interesting. Can yeah, you guys he's hear us? talking. I don't know. Hello? Did you guys mute us? I can, we can hear you guys. I think you guys muted us. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take a, a quick little break and come back when we solve all the technical issues. Cool. We're, yeah, we're still recording. We're play this. Yeah, so we can just edit it out. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys muted us. Well, I think you guys muted us. Can you guys hear us? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Mute them and unmute them. Where's the mute button? It's the headphones down there. Okay. You'd like put a. Think. All right. Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah. Can you guys hear us? No. No, you guys can hear. That's us. That's weird. Really like good. it says that we're talking, but I can't hear either. And it says that yeah, they're talking so as well. I did hear them earlier. All right. Let me do this. Well, they're signing back on. Hello. 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 Did that fix it? Didn't fix it. Um, God damn it, yeah. Nick. I get our tech person. <laughs> okay. Uh. Lost him, Nick. We need your help. Yeah. Should we sign off and send back on? Yeah. Is there a way to get out of chat and come back in? It is interesting. What? We're muted right now. And then we should talking. disconnect and go back in. Yeah, it says that he's muted. Yeah. Yeah, I just unmuted. I'm just. Oh wait, now me. he's not. Wait, you can hear him. No, I mean like he was disconnected, but. I don't know how do you disconnect. S where? Leave story. There we go. Okay, this might fix it.
Let me see. Our microphone's still there. Hello? All right, now, now I think I can hear you, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah now we're back. back. Okay. Sorry, I don't know that. what the fuck happened. Yeah. Thanks, oh, Nick. What? You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, 1745. Did you uh, hear let's it? wait till 18. Uh, yeah, we could hear you guys. I don't know why we lost you. Oh, that's weird. Oh, really weird. Uh, yeah. Did you guys get all of his answer then? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> cool, yeah. Uh, let me wait till the clock hits 18 minutes and we'll get back started. Uh, all right, so technical issues were fixed. Yeah. That yeah. always happens when you're doing a new thing, yep. isn't it? Um, anyway, so we're back, uh, Connor and Devin. <laughs> Finally can hear you now. Yeah. Uh, what were we saying before microphones decided to get crazy? Uh, um, what I was saying, I think you asked me how it is doing all these jobs at the same time. And the main thing right. is not find a balance between all of them. Because there are cool, times. Okay, so you. So you're uh, you're acting, you're directing, you're producing, and you're writing. Yes. Uh, what do you do as producer? That's as a, different from mm-hmm. like your job as a director and your job as a writer. What do you feel are like the main differences of the job, and how do you keep them in balance? Um, produce. What I'm doing for like one of the jobs of like a creative producer a lot of times is like they bring on the crew, and I brought I got pretty much everybody with the exception of one person. I got them to join the crew was one of the things that, because I got a lot of great people who I felt would really fill the jobs that we needed really well. So that was part of the producing aspect of it. And I guess the other parts of producing were like getting, like coming up with locations and contact information is another one of those things. And how did that, uh, how did the process of getting your crew together and your actors together come about for you guys? Because as independent filmmakers, it's, it's usually fairly difficult to get people interested in working with you because mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, well, you're just a dude. What can yeah. you show for it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it sucks, but it's the truth. Like when you're finding locations and you're finding people to work with you, mm-hmm. people blow you off because you're independent filmmaker. Exactly. So how, how did you, how did you deal with that? How did you get all your people and how did you prove people that you were taking this as seriously as you wanted to uh we so since we're still in school we were able to find a bunch of students who had worked with in the past so basically how i got each person was i sat down with pretty much every single person in the crew and i told them what i wanted to do how i wanted to do it and why i wanted them to be part of the project and most of the people told me that that kind of like showed like the passion that i had for this project and that really helped knowing that I wasn't going to drop the ball or anything or not want to do the best I can to make this happen. That's yeah, that's one of the biggest things with uh, in a crew is um, j- just having everyone have the trust in you that you're going to be able to do a good job for mm-hmm. one and, and two, have people that are as interested in the project and interested in doing a good job as you are, you know, and without the incentive of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we run that. We run into that, even though we don't have a big project happening. Mm-hmm. But me, me and Chris, um, usually run into that problem when we're telling, we're finding people to help us in like the little products that we that we do. It's really hard to find someone that gives a shit as yeah. much as we give a shit mm-hmm. about any given project. And I think it's it's great that you guys found your people. Yeah. Um. So it's safe to assume that this is a pretty much a student-driven production. Yeah, it's an independent film, but yeah, there's a bunch of students making it happen. Okay. Like, we want to emphasize that it's not a student production because a lot of times when you hear the word student production, it's not taken seriously. Okay, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah. So 
you guys are independent movies. It just happens to be students working on your film. Mm-hmm. We can we can get behind that. Hell yeah! I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much true. Yeah. And but okay, so in film, like as being a student in film school, and now having your own project, uh, what's that? What's that like? Like, are you are you talking with teachers to help you out in this? Uh, what kind of resources are you guys using as students that it's make that are make uh, helping you make this movie happen? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I think what's been craziest though is just seeing how many people have supported it. Because I feel like originally when the Kickstarter launched and I saw the goal was $9,000, I kind of freaked out a little. But then (laughs) then I started helping raise money because that's just my kind of thing. I really like to reach out to other people and I like talking to a bunch of people. So I kind of just started sending a bunch of messages and telling all my family about it. And it's crazy because on my own, like my portion, I've raised over a thousand dollars with about 50 something backers. And it's really crazy. Oh, nice. it's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a good experience though. Cause I feel like We're- you're going to experience this, you know, in the real world, especially, I guess. And it sounds cheesy, but I mean, what are you doing to raise this kind of money? Are you trading off that cotton candy yogurt? Like what's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? Honestly, I've just been reaching out via private messages mostly so i've been mostly messaging people on facebook and just kind of reaching out explaining why this project is so important and just telling them that even a dollar can help but then i've gotten more generous pledges out of that and i feel like the most important thing is making sure you personalize it and explain to them that it's your passion and that if you support art you should really help support this um i like that so, so you already had uh, an established network, as most of us do with uh, social networking. So you went to your network and let all of them know what you were doing and showed your passion behind it, and they got behind you because of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, pretty much okay. what happened. All right. Um, funny story about that. The reason why they're on the podcast today is because Devin messaged me about the movie <laughs> yeah. like, like five times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and they were thinking... Uh, and then I was like, well, I can't give him money because I'm broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized that, that we do have a podcast, and yeah. that's why they're here now, because yeah. Devin messaged me. Yeah, thank you for having us on here. About the movie. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no problem. We, we, we love this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, we yeah. love talking to filmmakers. Yeah. Um, so, like, you guys have been working really hard the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I don't see you guys. I see you guys, like, every hour or something I see a post <laughs> from one summer night, yeah, um, which is insanely good. <laughs> Yeah, fa- Facebook, like social media in, in filmmaking mm. is now taking a huge, huge, um, it's now a huge aid to independent filmmakers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's so easy to just say, hey, I'm making a movie, and this is what it is, and you can explain it to people, mm-hmm. and people will get behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I feel like social media is one of the most important parts of now making a production. Yeah. Uh, apart from raising money, does uh, social media has any other effect in the way that you're approaching this movie? Um, yeah, I think so, because I guess the biggest thing was we're trying to reach out people who we feel can relate to it, because, like you guys said, you can relate to it, and, like, we think a lot of people we talk to have already said they can relate Mm -hmm. to it, so it's kind of just about finding the people outside our circle to Mm -hmm. find out about this, because we think if you find those people, then we can get more people to support this project. Yeah, it's all about finding our target audiences, really. So on Twitter, especially, like, we'll typically try to have a following that's mostly film lovers, filmmakers. So I've talked to filmmakers even that are in other countries just about our film spreading the word. And if they don't pledge, they at least retweet us, which helps us reach more people. What would you uh, think the demographic would be for this, uh, the age range? Mm -hmm. 
I feel like it could be anywhere between like 18, uh, 16 and 30 probably would be like the target demographic. But at the same time, I think that it's nostalgic for those who felt this way at some time. And I think that even though it is about high school going off to college, I think that anybody starting any new chapter in their lives can watch this and kind of feel what the lead character is feeling. And um, leaving after after I see this, we're eventually going to see it after you guys make it. What would what do you want the viewer to come away with? I want the, the the overall message. I want the. I guess the biggest thing was when I was in high school. I was watching all these movies that I felt were supposed to be about this, but they didn't feel like real because it seemed like they went from one place to a completely other place within no time. And I didn't relate to it. So I wanted to create something that I could have related to at that time to make Mm -hmm. that person feel less alone because I felt really alone at that time in my life because everybody I talked to was so excited about going off to college and I wasn't and everyone kept constantly telling me to be excited about it, about how it's great and I just didn't feel like it was going to be. Obviously that wasn't true because college has been the best time of my life but I didn't know that at the time. So I just want the audience to feel less alone at the end but also kind of like everything's going to be okay. It's just going to be a struggle or it's going to be hard but it doesn't I'm, mean you can't get through it. I'm very interested in this because I'm, I'm interested in any uh, real coming-of-age story. And the way that you're describing this is like from a millennial standpoint, you know. Yeah. We've had the uh, the John Hughes, you know, from the 80s, mm-hmm. um, even even into 90s, you know, the coming-of-age stories. But it's always been the same generic characters that we're used to, the same five to six, six different characters. They all think one way and, and their actions are pretty much the same. So mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'd be very interested to see your take on a character that's real, that has lived on Earth. Yeah, because usually the way we see the characters in these movies, are, they're usually an exaggeration of a stereotype. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's a one-track mind yep. and they're a delivery for, for something. They're a delivery for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get a one-track mind character and at the end of the movie, that same character believes in something else, yep. but he's still a one-track character. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of the like, ah, fuck, I don't know if I can do this kind of type of characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we don't get those characters in the sense that they're thinking about way more things at once. Mm-hmm. You know, They're thinking about relationships and and sort of the drama that comes to growing up, identity, yeah. Yeah. all those kind of things. So I'm definitely excited to see what you guys come up with. Me too. Um, Thank you. But in terms of, in, let's talk about your writing for a second. In terms okay. of writing, what was the most uh, challenging or interesting part about the writing process for this film? Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of challenges. But I guess for me, one of the biggest challenges, I guess, throughout the entire writing process was trying to enter the characters' minds and kind of like their world because I couldn't really just like, oh, I just played basketball. Like I couldn't just like after doing something random, I could just write it. I had to be Mm -hmm. in the right set of minds because there were times where I wrote something for the script, but because I wasn't on the right mindset, what I wrote didn't fit for the film. Yeah. So that was the hardest part. That usually happens. Man, fucking writing for for movies is a... It's a hell of a challenge sometimes. I mean, yeah, we've talked about that a few podcasts ago. I mean, when you're writing something like that, you have to know every intricate detail about that character, mm-hmm. you know, or else they're not real, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with you, with you, um, Connor, with you writing this, you're living in that character for that entire yeah. time that you have this script. <laughs> you exactly, know? yeah. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that would be one of the, the bigger things. Yeah. And I think especially now, because uh, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me on this, but now characters are, have to be more complicated because we've seen the sort of simple... Because we'll call out characters. bullshit. We will yeah, call yeah. out bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 That's exactly it. We just won't take single characters anymore. That's no. why superheroes have gotten darker mm-hmm. and like more personal and like romantic stories are now dealing with like the intricacies of their relationship and not oh, yeah. just the people in their relationship. The audience, the audience has become a lot more savvy. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to go there and someone's smoking a cigarette, then they cut back to them and the cigarette's half gone. You know, <laughs> the audience is going to be pissed off about that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, the audience are much more savvy. They they're need the characters to have layers, depth, and be human. Yeah. You know? And I also think it's a symptom of people taking film more seriously Yeah, now. Yeah, uh, because back really in glad. the 80s, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's super exciting because it means that our job, like, matters to more, to more, more people now. Uh, and as filmmakers, that's part of our challenge, isn't it? To make people understand that what we're doing isn't just entertainment. Like we want to send a message and we want to tell a story that you can relate to in some small way and feel better because of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what filmmaking is. And now that we've gotten to that point in film, it didn't happen in the 90s. In the 90s, we had you know, stupid characters doing stupid things for the sake of doing it, yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Um, but now we're, we're, I think we're in the middle of like a film revolution and and we we've been talking about this now it's not it's not just uh people with money that are making movies now it's people like you guys that are independent yeah um people like me and chris that are trying to figure out how to make movies mm-hmm. uh learning by trying people that are minorities that are usually sort of sho- shoved aside and mm-hmm. the fuck was that accent shoved aside <laughs> in the filmmaker world and i think that we're now getting really cool perspective mm-hmm. out of film um, and I'm, I'm super excited. What I'm excited about, it was definitely. We're getting away from that a bit. Uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that that there, there's always been ideas out there. Everyone has always had ideas. You've had ideas since you were three years old, but we just didn't have the uh, the ability to to bring it to life. Now, anyone with an idea and an iPhone, you know, they can mm-hmm. kind of start that right now. Yeah. So it's like even with you guys, I wouldn't care if you're shooting on a on a 70D, a iPhone, or a Nokia. The point is, is that you have a great idea, and as long as you have a great idea, that's what comes across. There was a movie called Kung Fury that <laughs> that, that, that was recent. It's I love that movie, but it's like not Kung because Fury. of what it looks like. You know, so yeah. I mean, if, if you have if you have passion, if you care about what you're doing, if the story is good, the characters are relatable and have depth, I promise you, people will watch it. You know, yeah, no. really, because that, that's what matters now. I think that now the driving force between people watching movies, specifically in the independent movies, mm-hmm. is always the people that are behind it. Yeah, for the most part, that's at least seventy five percent. Yeah, of mm-hmm. the of the force to watch a movie, mm-hmm. and I'm and I really am super glad that you guys are, are going all out on this one. It, Let, I mean, it's fantastic. Give us some uh, give us some links. Where can we uh, go support this ad on? What is it Kickstarter? You guys are on? Yes, it's uh, it should be. Can we message them the link? Actually? Yeah, we can probably message it's you the like link on the text. Um, uh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, like, we'll load it with the podcast. If you go to like uh, yeah, we'll, com, it's like a bunch of numbers, and then it's slash one summer night. Cool. So pretty much, I think pretty much Kickstarter has a search function. Mm-hmm. I think so. So you can just yeah. type one summer night in Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and they'll show up. We'll put yep. it in our podcast description too. Yeah, we'll yeah. put everything in the in the in the description. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, no problem. We absolutely love having you guys here, and we definitely once you guys have started because you're in pre-production at the moment, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're... How's how, how is your pre-production going? How how has that been for you? Guys? It's uh, really stressful being full-time students and also mm. find the time to do overheads and storyboards yep. and all that stuff while we're trying to take classes. And some people are working, and some people have internships. 
So I feel like that's the biggest thing in any Tom student life. Yeah, Tom's Tom. Tom's the killer. Tom's the number one killer. Mm-hmm. Tom management, stress management. That's like the biggest thing right now. Uh, I I feel like I feel like we're getting the brunt of that lately. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think everybody's getting their fair share. I don't think Devin or, mm. and Connor are over there is less stress. I think they got a good amount. Yeah. Uh, listen, is there anything else that you guys would want um, to tell us about your movie? Anything specific that you want to think about? Yeah. Or any closing words in your own production? Um, we'll leave that to Mr. Director here since it's his film. <laughs> uh, I guess, like... Oh, man, Wait, no, actually, I'm sorry. Nope, it, yep, yep, I, cut him off. I do have... Give it back to Devin. I do... <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have one question. Um, because as director, you mentioned that this director... Uh, what the fuck was his name? Richard Linklater. Uh, Richard Linklater. You mentioned that he has a huge influence on you. Yeah. But as director, um, what, kind, what does being a director mean for you in the film? Like, how are you telling your story with, with the camera? Does that... Has that impacted any way that you write the movie, being the writer-director? Have you looked at um, characters differently because you want to portray them differently on the camera? How does being director and having to know the techniques that come with like actual camera work and actual cinematography uh, affect your writing process and your creating process and your casting process while making this movie? Because I feel like as a, if you're a director by yourself, you don't have to think about that. But when you're being director, producer, actor, writer... Those are all things that affect your directorial craft. Yes. How has that affected your, your direction for the movie? Oh, okay. So writing-wise, I would say it's really... A f- the writing-wise, I tried to really write dialogue that I felt like I would say and that I felt like another person would say. So I worked really hard with, in terms of writing, uh, having a female voice that I felt was realistic so I had a lot of girls read it and I asked them did it does it sound like a teenage girl like an 18 year old girl so a lot of that was one of the big things so I wanted so once I wrote it I wanted the actress to be able to actually feel like it was her speaking and some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that we are doing as far as directing is concerned we are reading the script and then going through it and deciding you know how would for example Julia is going to be playing Alexa the main the the lead of character, one of the lead characters in the film. So mm-hmm. talking with her and saying, okay, how would you say this line and change, tweaking it a little bit to fit how she would say it rather than, you know, how the other, so I'm working with fitting the dialogue to the actor and their delivery, I guess, or the way that they are as actual people. Does that? Yeah. Come, no. Yeah, definitely. I have to do the same thing. It comes off more natural mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, that's, Really interesting. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine about Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Woody Allen's uh, directorial style. He doesn't really tell the actor notes. He yeah. He just kind of lets the I actor that. Yeah. Uh, do his thing. And then he's like, I, I didn't like that. Let's do it again. Do something yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that as a, as a director, that's fascinating because mm-hmm. people think that. I don't I see so many people taking the approach that the director has to be on top of like everything. Mm one there on that specific scene, like the line deliveries and the performance. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay to just kind of like let it your is. actor take yeah. control of the scene. I think you have, yeah, you have to kind of know your actors for one, but I mean, everyone has different styles. Like we were yeah. talking about Woody Allen with a more laissez-faire laid back approach, but then you have someone like Stanley Kubrick who was a mm-hmm. micromanager and wanted 
50 takes, you know, every single time. And he was a genius in his own right, too, you know. So everyone has different approaches, but it is good to kind of see what what your actors are capable of and what they need, you know, and then go from there. Yeah. And and I'm also... Oh, sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to, going off of that, I guess, like, as far as acting is concerned, I am giving uh, Julia a lot of, like, free reign and freedom to do whatever feels right for her, and I guess I'm giving myself that freedom as well, because, like, referencing Stanley Kubrick, I don't want to have it really feel structured, I kind of want it to feel like, if somebody messes up, we're going to keep rolling, and we're just going to roll with it, because in regular life i've messed up a bunch of times on this uh podcast already speaking so that's kind of like <laughs> how real life is so yep. one of us messes up with a line we're just going to keep going because that's kind of what real life's like it is yeah cool and uh, and you're directing and acting in this has being an actor in your own movie changed the way you direct or directing the movie that you're acting changed the way that you're acting anyway uh say that again sorry Oh, um, like being an actor and uh-huh. director, has your acting changed the way that you're directing or that you think you're going to direct this film or vice versa? Has directing changed the way that you act in the film? Um, I think I don't I think that maybe not because a lot of it had to do with how I wrote it. So I wrote it okay. very much in my voice. So directing, I guess I have more of like a really good feel as how the film goes and how the main character is so it was easy for me to just kind of know how he's talking i'm sure there is in some sort of influence but i just can't touch on it like right off the top of my head makes sense or in ways i don't even realize i like that as an actor you're talking about woody allen and uh, aaron sorkin you know he's the same way with uh, his writing and now early on and i suspect early on for him he had to kind of adapt his writing to the actors you know because he's not pulling in a-list actors you know yeah. that have been studied from juilliard for you know forever <laughs> you know but then later on you can make your actors adapt to your writing you know so anything aaron sorkin writes he's not adjusting it to the actor every actor has to get on on the boat and speak the way that aaron sorkin writes yeah. you know and eventually we'll get to that one at some point but it's it's it's, it's a challenge right now it's a good challenge you know adapting yeah. to to these actors and putting it in their mm-hmm. voice you know it's a credit to you definitely. It's, uh, it's definitely fascinating i love talking about the process of making film mm-hmm. and and all of this thing so i'm super super grateful that you guys came yeah. in here to talk about this to that us was great yeah yeah i love aaron sorkin i love his dialogue and how it flows oh yeah I, i've still i've still to watch a fucking aaron sorkin film I mean, he has a, a lot of good TV shows. I mean, that's where I love him from, TV. Really? I, I got to catch up on that guy. West Wing, man. The West, West Wing. Wing. I haven't seen that. HBO's The that. Newsroom. I was, yeah, I was oh, a big he fan writes of the Newsroom. Newsroom's yeah. great. Oh. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen a couple clips of that. It's mm-hmm. really good writing. Then uh, Sports Night. It's on Netflix now, I believe. But yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's top-notch. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think... I think we covered it all. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much all of it, Yeah. Man. What do you guys think? I'd say we covered a good chunk of, <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm a little awkward. Don't ask me. <laughs> You're good. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you would like to say to like our audience and your audience? Because you guys are probably going to share this with the people that backed you. Nice. Is yeah. there anything? Is there anything that you want to say to them or say to the people that might back you in the future about this film? Um, first of all, I guess I just want to thank everybody so much for supporting this film. And also for donating because I've been wanting to make this film for so long. And I just can't believe that it's finally happening because it's been like such a dream in my mind for so long that it's still kind of crazy that right now I'm on a podcast talking about it. So 
It's just like, I don't know. I just can't believe all this is happening. I'm so happy that it's happening. So I thank everybody for helping my dream happen. And for people who haven't donated, just check out our page. And if all you can donate is a dollar, that means everything to us. So thank you. Yeah. I think it's fucking fantastic that we get the chance to talk to people like you guys who obviously care about the craft that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They care about their project and and they're they're consciously thinking about what it means to be a filmmaker. That's, that's the thing. And uh, I mean, we're going to run into people like Connor and Devin, a lot of, we're, we're all on the same road now. Yeah. You know, we're all going in the same direction. So, I mean, if you guys are continue to work and we continue to work, you know, we're on the same path and I'm sure we'll cross paths eventually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and uh, we're going to have to have you guys back on the podcast when it gets done. I mean, I want yeah, yeah. to have that happen. Uh, yeah. I would love to hear an update on how, how this is going. Yeah. And, uh, cool. Uh, do you guys, just so people can listen, what are your, what are your first three or four perks that you guys have on the Kickstarter campaign? First you guys three. Know them? Uh, it's $1 and that's a thank you for $5. It's, you get a personal thank you email and for $10, you get a thank you video. So that's going to be the crew thanking everybody for, for whoever donates for donating to us. We also have a really cool perk for $25. Um, our actress, Julia, wears a bracelet in the film as her character, Alexa, and that's going to be pretty cool. So if anybody wants that, it's going to be like a replica of a prop in the film. And we got nice. IMDb credits. So if you want to be an IMDb, yeah, $50 is a special thanks. And uh, two, 200 is an associate producer credit on IMDb. And we might have some limited edition perks tomorrow during our live stream, which is going to be on YouTube from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Check them out on YouTube. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to try to get this episode out as soon as possible so you guys can have your, can uh, can talk about this as soon as you can. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When does your Kickstarter campaign end? And after that, we'll call it a night. Isn't it April 2nd at 7.39 p.m.? Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So for any potential backers who are listening to this podcast, you want to support One Summer Night, I think what they're doing is fantastic. I mean, they're taking uh, a lot of people talk about independent movie making and we hear, we, we hear about the movies that have kind of like brand names attached to them Mm. already. And they're really are independent, but this is independent going to the source. I mean, we have students that have studied filmmaking for the last couple of years and now are trying to make their brand in the world. So if you want to support them uh, in any way, go to the Kickstarter uh, one summer night. And like you, like you heard them say, even a dollar helps them out. And they'd be lovely uh, if you want to donate and check out their perks. Mm -hmm. And they have a live stream tomorrow on YouTube uh, from, what did you say, 8 p.m. to what? Uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You guys are doing 12-hour live stream? Yeah, we did that on last Saturday, too. What does this consist of? Like, what what do you guys do? Um, We're doing it, so um, it's called hashtag paint the town OSN, kind of like paint the town red. And it's kind of like a social media thing where we're trying to get people to use the hashtag kind of hopefully trend a little bit on people's Facebook feeds so people learn more mm-hmm. about our Kickstarter so we can reach those people who would like this but don't know anything about it because it hasn't reached them yet. And okay. it's basically, nice. if you have any questions about the film, uh, my DP, um, music supervisor, and editor Nick and I, we just basically live stream. We talk about the film. If anybody has any questions, we'll answer them. And also, they get to know us a little bit better too. So we think that that's pretty good too. So it's not just like people getting to know us from our video our kickstarter video nice huh perfect i, I like the fact that you guys are taking their personal approach uh, uh i like the transparency that's going on with filmmakers now mm-hmm. uh, and and it's it's pretty dope i dig it 
I mean, um, it was a very exciting conversation, and I mean, I'm I'm excited to to work with you guys, see you guys in the future, because because from the the thing that I've, I've distinguished, uh, just in my time being on Earth, the people that are successful and the ones that aren't doesn't have much to do with talent, you know. It, it's the hard work, yeah. And just from from what Devin has been doing, I mean, she could mm-hmm. get somebody elected. Oh as yeah, hard as yeah. Like she's <laughs> <pressing> <laughs> <the> <laughs> issue, <laughs> you know. And Conroy is like, I mean, y'all doing the twelve hour live stream. <laughs> but like, but like y'all, y'all, are, y'all are putting in like some some hard work. So it's yeah. just if y'all are continuing to do that for the next years on in, like y'all are gonna see success. And I'm I'm happy to have talked to you guys. Thank cool. you. No, yeah, this is, this has been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, Devin and Connor, thank you for coming on on the podcast. You are our first podcast guest. Um, that's that's so incredible. I'm actually I'm proud, yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest. <laughs> thank you for being honored yeah. no, i mean we're all, i'm we're honored to be the first guest yeah yeah no you guys you guys are doing a fantastic job and please keep doing it and whenever you guys get an update and you guys are starting your production or finish your production mm-hmm. hit us up and we would love to have you back hopefully in person next time yeah that is... would be great yeah we can make it up there we'd love to sometime Sweet. And if you can find any way to transport any of that Wilmington uh, cotton candy yogurt stuff, like I'm, 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 I've never heard of anything like that. I've never heard of anything like that. They have they have cold stone with ice cream. You can put stuff in the ice cream. You've heard of cotton candy yogurt? Like y'all are acting like y'all aren't impressed by this. No, listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm impressed about the fucking cotton candy yogurt, right? Yes. I just, it's weird that it exists. It's a weird thing mm. that it's, we that we can buy. We have a lot of flavors that. you wouldn't know exist. We have like eggnog and like, I don't know. We have Fuck. weird stuff. What <laughs> happened with know. vanilla and chocolate? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm the old guy. That's, yeah, I feel like I'm the old guy in like the party. Mm. That's like, <laughs> why are the gays getting married now? <laughs> in regards to like fucking chocolate. I feel oh, like I'm yeah. that guy when it comes to like flavors for the ice cream. Oh, in old fashioned with ice cream. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for coming. Uh, mm. We'll definitely talk, keep you guys updated. And uh, let us know if anything changes on the Kickstarter. We would love to feature you guys. Mm. Awesome. And thank uh, you. take care. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Like, cheers. Welcome back. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I think that was a fantastic conversation yeah. with uh, Connor and Devin. I mean, they're they're on the way. Like I said, in, in the conversation, hard work really gets you where you need to go. Yeah. And that's the one like determining factor I've seen. Even when I when I was in Atlanta, I saw some some guys that they weren't really that talented. I, I used to do music. Mm-hmm. Some guys that weren't that talented, but they were there every morning, every afternoon, and every night. Yeah, they were willing to put in the time, put in the work. One of those guys down there is named Future. You might have heard of really? him. Really? Yeah. You're fucking with me. No, seriously. He wasn't <laughs> He wasn't the most talented in Atlanta. Not even close. Yeah. Like, people talk shit about him because he sucked and he sounds like he has a bowl of rice in his mouth. Not, not rice in his mouth. The entire bowl Just of rice in his mouth rice. as he's talking. You know? But... <laughs> Now he's like one of the biggest rap stars. He's a, he's a pretty big fucking name. He's big now. Like just, even I don't listen to rap. I don't know mm-hmm. who the fuck he is. He yeah. works hard, you know. And Devin and Connor, like you said, they they hit you up five times about one summer's night. Devin hit me up three times on the same day because mm-hmm. I told her that I was going to share the post and then I didn't do it because I yeah. got distracted. Mm-hmm. She reminded me two more times to share the goddamn post. That's the thing. There's only two things that you that you can think about. That is yeah. number one. Fuck, this is annoying. Yeah. But then the other thing you think of is they really care about this. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, and that's that's the most important thing that you want people to come across with. Fuck the if I'm getting on your nerves, you need to know how much I care about, about this. this thing. You know, and I admire that kind of uh, 
not determinate aggressiveness. Yeah. That kind of aggressiveness mm-hmm. um, comes a long way because yeah. it's 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 looking at a huge lion mm-hmm. and then punching it and it's like no fuck you I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. So uh, so I'm super excited for them and I'm looking I'm so looking forward to when they come back and update us about the production. I am too. Because um, it it sounds sounds really exciting. Yeah. And anyways, but let's get back to our closing bit of right. the segment. Uh, this is the uh, the premiere segment. Uh, so starting from March the March the twenty fourth, that Thursday, have a TV show called The Catch on ABC. That sounds familiar. Uh, premiere. It's it's uh it's brand new. Uh, it's called The Catch on ABC at ten p.m. Uh, on Thursday. Now, what will be familiar is it's coming from the same woman that wrote Grey's Anatomy, that wrote Scandal, that wrote Private Practice, that was right. the executive producer of How to Get Away with Murder, right. that wrote the, the great Britney Spears movies, Crossroads of 2002. <laughs> yes. I made fun of that movie the other day on Netflix. Did you really? Yeah. You should have. <laughs> you were right to do that. You were right to have done uh, that. Shit. Uh, do you know her name by any chance? Britney Spears? No, not fucking Britney Spears, the lady. Uh, the writer, producer. Yeah, director. I know you're talking about, but no, I didn't. Uh, no, 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 mm. no name. I, I know she's been doing a lot lately. Yeah, and and I mean, it's not my brand of show, but it's, I, mean, I mean, she's making bank. She is. You know, she has a lot of stuff. So she out must, there. yeah, she must be doing something right. Then uh, the same day, Thursday, March the 24th, one of my favorite people out there on the earth is Russell Brand. The show is called "The In the World In the Drug War." You know, that's, that's gonna a be- documentary. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> You just had an unexpected visitor. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the Russell brand is going to be in the drug war, and it's going to be on a, uh, a station called Ovation. So good luck finding that. Yeah, that, you know? that seems like a pretty new network. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's on 7 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, then next is going to be March the 28th on Monday. There's a show called Trailer Park Boys on Netflix. It's their 10th season. Really? 10, Ten seasons. seasons. I fucking love that show. You've seen this show? I, I've seen it. It's great. Yes, man. It is so funny. I, my favorite part about that show is about how everyone has one thing mm-hmm. that's been a running joke since the fucking beginning of it. Yep. <laughs> uh, you go on. Uh, yeah, that show has had a running joke ever mm-hmm. since. Like, a rookie fucks up his words. Yeah. Uh, All the time. The dude, Julian, always carries a fucking glass of The glass of, of Jack Daniels, yeah. Like, he's drink- he's driving, and he has like, the, the glass of Jack Daniels in one hand. He has with and him it, in jail, everywhere. It's, it's just the kind of comedy that doesn't care that it's a comedy. My, my favorite character is Randy. <laughs> Randy, big cheeseburger eating Randy. No shirt wearing ass Randy. Take my pants off to fight Randy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he already doesn't have a shirt. Something's got to come off. He's got to take the pants off. If he takes the pants off, you know we're serious. It's about to go down. So that's it's the tenth uh, season. Shit, and I, you know what I love about shows like that is the first three to four seasons, people weren't really watching it; it was unknown, but it costs nothing to make. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're getting nothing back. So they were able to continue to make it, and now everybody likes it. It's, it's a huge success, and I fucking love that show. Yep. That's great. All right, then uh, moving on, March the thirtieth, that Wednesday, uh, George Lopez has another show on Fox. I it's, thought George Lopez moved. I just thought he wasn't oh. doing shit anymore. Oh, no, I mean, he's, he, he keep plugging away. I mean, he finally was the first uh, Hispanic to have his own late-night show. Uh, well, he had one a couple of years yep. ago, right? That's the one you were talking about? Yep, the yeah. one they canceled, that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they gave it to him, but then he immediately canceled it after that. You know, but at least he was the first. Yeah, you know? that's true. And uh, But now he has his own television show, again, called uh, Lopez on Fox at 10 p.m., and it's a single-camera comedy. I, I dig that. 
I said, uh, so it's not a sitcom like his nope. George Lopez show Mm-mm. back in the 90s. Yeah, uh-uh. it's more in the vein, vein of like a Parks and Recreation type thing. Okay. But like I said, single camera. Interesting. I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious how he handles that. The uh, same day, March the 30th, that Wednesday, Empire comes back from a four-month hiatus. That's been a pretty interesting show. I mean, yeah, I, I love the first season. I'll yeah. put the first season up against any, you know, television show that came on television. Their first season. Their second season was almost utterly unwatchable. <laughs> You know, but like I said, the first season, hey. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's that's why I don't go on in on you on Walking Dead so much. Yeah. I'm a fan of Walking Dead, but only the first season is like all the way respectable on every level. Yeah, no, the you first know? season of Walking Dead was amazing. It, yeah, I fucking know? love that. But after that, it's just because I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Empire comes back after the full my hi- hiatus. Terrence Howard and uh, Taraji P Henson. If you're interested in that, go check that out. I mean, it's still getting views. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's the music, it. the music is pretty dope too. The music I, I is good. The music, yeah. uh, Tim, Timberland is the uh, the executive producer. He does a score. He does all the music on that. Oh really? So yeah, Damn. Timberland does his thing. Uh, that's it for television premiere. Uh, let's see for movies. Movies. We, what's what's going on in the movie world? Mm-hmm. I have, feel like we have a big fucking weekend. Uh, Batsy, Batsy and Soups. Well, you kind of took away my thunder there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll start with that then. Batman versus Superman, the dawn of justice. <laughs> that, that'll be coming out this weekend. I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to see it this weekend. I'll see it. You know, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to wait a weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to see it, but, you know. But uh, here's the interesting thing about that movie. Mm-hmm. It hasn't fucking come out yet. Um, and reviews are already calling it a beautiful train wreck. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, excited to know what the fuck that means. Yeah, because I don't know what the, f- the beautiful train wreck means. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, it's, it's gonna be good like, to watch, but I mean, it's not a good movie, I guess. I, I, just I, visually good. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, mm-hmm. but I'm worried about the. I'm worried about how they handle script writing. I wouldn't expect because it's much. such a big movie and I it's such a much. they cram so much into it. Yeah, that um that I'm afraid that that's gonna be the train wreck. I mean, this this is why the the main reason I wasn't so hyped up about it, like to go see it on the first week. I just seen Daredevil. That's right. I just watched Daredevil, you know, and that set the bar so high for superhero movies. And I don't want to go in watching the Superman versus Batman and expecting something to be that good, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's not going to be that good. It's mm. just not, you know. So I mean, I, I just want to chill out on that. And you seen you seen uh seen it twice, didn't you? Uh, Deadpool? Not Deadpool, not Deadpool. Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool. oh, you meant Deadpool? Deadpool? Yeah, I saw Deadpool twice. Yeah, the second time I watched it, uh, sort of like, oh, so this is how they pulled off that joke. Yeah, uh, so when you watch that movie for like directing mm. and like for the act of cinema making, yeah, it really is a fucking fascinating movie. See, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so it's like you just just seen just seen Deadpool, and I'm like, I'm not gonna if I go to the movies to spend another twelve dollars to go see another superhero movie, and it's not as good as the last. I don't want to just bash it because it's not as good as great. You yeah. know, it might, it might be good on its own. It might be good, but hey. Uh, next, moving on is um, my my big fat Greek wedding part two. The first one came out like. 10, 15 years ago. It's a long time ago. The only reason I watched it is because I'm a big NSYNC fan. Do you, do you remember NSYNC? Bye, 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 bye. You remember, I fucking remember NSYNC. Yes. Just saying, is that, that was Timberlake's uh, fucking noodle hair era, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking Timberlake. Yeah. Um, here's a thing I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. My big fat Greek wedding, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. Okay. Uh, it's the same thing. We talked about it in the sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have one formula work for one movie. Yep. Uh, wait, the uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding never had a sequel before this one, Nope, right? this is the first one. 
so you had a formula work for one movie, and mm-hmm. now you're going to try to bring that back with more people, mm-hmm. uh, more broad comedy. You're going to play into more stereotypes. And I've seen the trailers, and it just looks like one of those other like super safe broad comedies maybe- where you have Melissa McCarthy being crass and rude, mm-hmm. and like other comedians just being stereotypes of their comedy. I mean, the the first one was really good. I don't have any expectations for this, yeah. and especially how what we think about sequels. But the fact that they waited, you know what? No, it doesn't matter if you wait fifteen years or twenty years because Dumb and Dumber waited that long and they yeah. still put out crap. Yeah, no, <laughs> you yeah. know. So uh, anyway, I mean, I'm not gonna discourage you from seeing it, but hey, it's coming out this weekend. Yeah, go see it if it's your thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, watch our sequel episode, and then you'll know why we feel about this movie yeah. the way that we do. Yeah. And the last one is a movie called Born to Be Blue. I try to throw one of these movies in each week. It's not a more of an independent type movie that's not going to be in theaters in every city. Mm-hmm. But it's released this weekend, and it's starring Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah. It's uh, about a jazz legend that finds love and redemption when he stars in a movie about his own troubled life to mount a comeback. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. The, the storyline reminded me of Birdman so a little bit. it's a biopic inside a biopic. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. Somewhat. It reminded um, me of Birdman a little. Like uh, Birdman. I still haven't seen Birdman. I gotta, gotta see that. Birdman. Yeah, and I know it's a great movie. Yeah, um, Ethan Hawke. That's a guy that I haven't heard from in a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, since uh, Training Day is the last thing I've seen him in. I don't yeah. even know Training Day. So you can imagine. You haven't seen Training Day? No. That's Denzel Washington. Well, that's what he won an Oscar for, but that's not his best work. But no, no. Um, King Kong ain't got shit on me. None of that. No. We're watching Training Day next time you come over to us. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing that I'm super excited about, mm-hmm. I, ju- I downloaded a shit ton of movies yeah. um, like two days ago mm-hmm. um, to get ready for like our Western episodes mm-hmm. and then watch our, our sort of uh, sci-fi episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, I've been getting ready for those and I'm super excited because I have a week of nothing yeah. to do. Nice. <laughs> so I'm just going to watch shit. Hell yeah. Um, so uh, training day might get tacked on in there. It should. It definitely yeah. should. Is there anything else? Uh, that was it. It's just the thing about Born to be Blue when I read the uh, the description and how similar it sounded to Birdman to me. And there's some things that we were talking to our professor about. It's, it's making sense now. Mm-hmm. So when, when you see a movie that you've never seen anything like that before, mm-hmm. and then a year or two later, then you see another movie like that, you be like, where the fuck were all these movies at? Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is they're banking these movies. They, they already have these movies. They already have them. And as soon as one becomes successful, then, then these production companies one. are like, oh, I have 10 movies in the bank that are just like that. Let's put it out. You yeah. know? So this is just another one following in the path that, that the production company has been holding on to for a while and they're releasing with Ethan Hawke. I, I love the fact that that happens, mm-hmm. but it's also so concerning, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that that happens. Yeah. Because you have a huge successful movie. Okay, Deadpool. Let's, let's go with Deadpool. Yep. First R-rated superhero movie mm-hmm. ever. Yep, it won't be the last, no. It won't be the last <laughs> one, Mm-mm. but it also will be the best one. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, yeah. and, and here's, uh, well... Okay, I say that, but it's going to be the best one for at least three years. Possibly, I think so. Um, because people are going to try to cash in into the foul language, and mm-hmm. they're going to cash in into the gore, and one, and they're going to go too far on the gore or too mm-hmm. far on the language, and they're going to have the right balance of humor and action that Deadpool had. Yeah. You're going to have, uh, I think, not worse directors, but directors cashing in mm-hmm. on the Deadpool um, quirks, Mm. And it's just gonna not. It's just not gonna work for movies that are not Deadpool. No, I mean the Deadpool did everything right. Yeah, like their their marketing team. Like that was amazing. That might have been the best social media marketing that I've ever seen with a movie ever. My favorite. My favorite ad is the one that they released for Valentine's Day that says "True Love Never Dies," Mm. and it's like Ryan Reynolds uh, hugging the lady from Firefly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, shit like that is genius. And yeah. I know that companies are going to try to replicate that and it's not going to work nope. because Deadpool did it honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest concern when you have movies like like Birdman and Deadpool that are kind of trendsetters. Yeah. Because people following the trend are going to not do it as well as the trendsetters did it. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for the next couple of years of like superhero movies, the next couple of years of uh, of movies like Birdman. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm just concerned. I'm optimistic about it. <laughs> Do you hear the dog oh, in the background getting yeah. happy? I guess he's giving us our cue. Yeah, I guess we're done. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for watching. That was an honestly fantastic conversation with Connor and Devin. Yes, yes. And I, dude, whenever you guys want to come back, just set us up. We'll figure something out. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for watching. Seriously, we're in episode nine, which we're doing this like two months and one weekend. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bananas. <laughs> we gotta have do something special next week for episode ten. Uh yeah, yeah yeah we should. Uh, maybe I'll I'll podcast naked with no clothes on for you guys. <laughs> They'll never know. Brian, Brian, except for Brian, that will have to sit there across from me awkwardly. That's the one episode that, that you're gonna see me go like. Okay. <laughs> the whole yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I watched The Matrix. That's a good movie. Could you just, could <laughs> just move that over to the side a little bit? Like, <laughs> could you get your dick off the table, please? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> I just want to be comfortable. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, enjoy the episode. This is going to come out early just for the sake of um, for the sake of Connor and Devin's Kickstarter. All right. um, so you won't get an episode from us next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the episode that we'll do on Tuesday. But All I'm right. just going to it tomorrow. Yep. So uh, thank you guys for watching. Cheers. Later late. late.